Peters and Karen with God Time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study before we do. As always, we have another question for the quiz along with text messages from the first half of the show. You get to hear what everybody else had to say about our morning stories. Who shall hardly enter the kingdom of heaven according to Matthew 19? Now, we would love to suggest that you use your big, amazing, awesome, smart brain to think about what the answer to this question is. Yes. But also, at the same time, if you are not a regular church attender, you don't go to church every week, we'd also encourage you to find out the answer. To research. Research. Look it up. Yes. So, in Matthew chapter 19, who shall hardly enter the kingdom of heaven? of heaven. 0491 is the number to call. If you know the end of that one, you will go in the draw to win Revive Cafe Cookbook 3 and 4 by Jeremy Dixon. We're going to be talking to him later in the week. But these are fantastic prizes which you can use to get amazing recipes and cook them and be healthy and vegan and all those sorts of things. But again, that number is 0491 all right, let's get into some text messages here. Interesting what Lawson said about the fitness watch study. I find using a phone app for memorizing Bible text does a similar thing. Oh, true. Prompts me to memorize texts every day where I would otherwise be spiritually slack. That's from mm. Suzanne. I'm wondering whether you can get that same thing on your on your watch. On your smart watch. Bible memorization. Yeah, so every time you look well, at your watch, instead of seeing the time, you see a Bible verse. And it's like, oh, I'm I've got sure, to- like, because they have widgets and stuff that you can download apps and stuff. Producer Shell has a smart watch. She knows. But she's not listening. But she's she's doing something else. She's. Do you have Bible memorization app on your smart watch? Do you have a Bible app on your smart watch? She is, is that possible? looking puzzled and she's going to do some research. And get back to us on that one. <laughs> uh, while we do that, we're going to go to some other text messages here. We've got some interesting ones. I think there's another one here about smart watches here somewhere. Okay, activity trackers. Interesting how they work on the mind of the users. At least this time it's positive. So that's a positive. That, that's because we do positively different news. All right, ovarian cancer and aspirin, they should read the contra effects of the medication. Actually, all medication, they have their part to play, but we should always try to go the natural way if possible. Like you said, garlic is way up there. Mm. I don't know how strong garlic is compared to aspirin and so forth. be interesting to hear from somebody who does know, but I do know that it is a blood thinner of types. Obviously, don't take my medical advice. I'm not a medical professional. Go and do mm. your own research and speak to your own medical professionals. Okay, the fire in the church, a real tragedy. We are not safe anywhere. The importance of being day by day in Christ, it's our only safety. And I think that that story is one that really does remind us that mm. every day when we leave home, we have no guarantee that we are going to return. We do not know that that, will be, you know, that, that that could be our last day on earth and that we should always, at the beginning of the day, be right with God. Mm. And say, you know, have, having said those things to, that we need to say to the people that we love so that, you know, there's nothing unsaid if that should be our last day or our last moments and that we are connected with Jesus. Fishkill. Another way to increase hunger in the last days, get ready. Mm. And the Bible talks about famines as being a definitely a sign of the times, a sign that Jesus is coming back soon, whether, whether those famines are real or artificially created. And we've seen some examples in recent years of artificially created famines. Well, to be honest, this is not a new thing. Mm. It's been used down through history to, you know, anywhere from killing the buffalo in North America to 
uh, wiping out or attempting to wipe out the Tigray people in Ethiopia. Yes. You have these famines that are created so that people can bring around control. Christianity on the up in Afghanistan suffering will always increase the amount of believers. You know the saying about the blood of martyrs. Uh, the blood of, and that saying would be that the blood of martyrs is seed. Uh, has always been throughout history the seed for Christianity. And then in Pakistan, amazing what communication will do when both parties actually listen to each other. This is surely a miracle, of course. It could also be what the future holds for the unity of all religions. We may see this happening on a more regular basis. Mm. And that kind of cuts both ways. Uh, We need to be able to live in peace with each other. The ecumenical movement was important to stop religious conflict. Mm. We shouldn't have religious conflict. At the same time, we never seem to be able to balance the pendulum and then we let the pendulum sway to the other extreme. It's like we get rid of religious conflict and we also get rid of religious denominations Yeah, and we get rid of beliefs and it's just like, eh, just yeah. we believe actually, in a divine being. And We actually get rid of religious freedom yes. because everyone's forced to believe the same thing. <laughs> so, that is it, today's it, profundity right there. It's, it's you heard tough. It from, it's, it's a tough gig. You heard it from Lawson. Mm. So too much ecumenic, ecumenic, ecumenism mm-hmm. gets rid of religious freedom because it forces everyone to believe the same thing. That's profound. Yeah. It's like the classic saying, like, join the revolution, everyone drives a Mercedes-Benz. And then it's like, oh, but what if you don't want to drive a Mercedes-Benz? Like, it's always, you know, when there are big pushes for social change without that freedom. Yes. It, it, you could almost call it, like, the ecumenical movement, almost like religious socialism, in a sense. Like reli- Very much so. Religious Marxism, you know, everyone has to come together to fight against some, you know, over topple over some other evil, but then have no freedom of choice. Like, it's, yeah. It's the conflict that will always exist in our world. It will... Never go away because mm-hmm. our world is broken. That's right. It's as simple as that. There is no perfect solu- There is no perfect system on earth. Mm. Okay, the voice of the martyrs isn't amazing. The world will go to war for many reasons, political resources, etc., but never for suffering Christians. I'm not saying we should go to war, but many governments are in fact at war against Christians. Many of these nations are actually being funded by Christian or supposed to be Christian nations. Bit of a joke. Not a funny one. Mm. Maybe the true Christians in the in the majority are also at fault for not speaking up and for being willingly ignorant. Mm. You know, the media is not going to report on these kind of stories. We know that they are not interested in reporting on the fate of Christians mm. in a concert, in, not in a concert, in a refugee camp in the UAE. Yeah, that's right. Who are likely to lose their lives if they come out as being Christians in mm. that particular environment? Mm-hmm. They're not going to report on that. Uh, they might report on LGBT people in that same camp and mm-hmm. they'll make a deal over that for sure, mm-hmm. but not Christians. Mm-hmm. Revelation 20 verse 4, the Bible says, I saw the souls of those that had been beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God. Uh, goes on here, are we going to be faithful no matter what? Mm. As one of those questions is really hard for us to ask ourselves when we're living in a country where we're not facing the threat of imprisonment or death for our faith. Mm. We just simply aren't. And it's kind of like, you know, when you read Revelation 13 and you know it's going to come to this country like every other country, the question you kind of ask yourself is, to what level do we remain silent when that happens? Mm-hmm. 
We can't answer that question until it does. We can only pray that we do the right thing when it does. Mm. Okay, that's what you had to say in the first half of the show this Lots morning. Of text messages there. Yeah, Thanks, some really guys. good ones too. Very much appreciate. We love hearing from you guys. So do send your messages through. Do send your questions of the day through. Uh, our number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Or give us a call. We love to hear from you as well. Uh, you can have your say here on air. And you can contribute to the morning's Bible study. So as we get into our Bible study now, yeah, definitely be a part of the show. Mm. Uh, we Agreed. love it when you are. Romans eight twenty eight, famous verse. Oh, okay. <laughs> can you quote? Can you quote this one? Uh, can you? Can you? Okay. Here's my challenge for you, Lawson. Uh-huh. Can you read this one from the NLT? I mean, yeah. I have eyes, <laughs> but it'll be hard. It's going to make your teeth itch. <laughs> Romans I, to I reckon. I reckon this will be a verse that's because there are some more obscure verses that I absolutely love. That yes. like then they translate them completely different. But I feel like this is a verse that's famous enough to where they've just gone, "Hey, let's just keep it the same." But let's have a look. Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, before you do, before you do, before you do, uh-huh. I have a text message uh, coming through here. Let's see this one. Uh, have we got time? For, yep, we've got time for this. Mm-hmm. It's all planned chaos. Connect the dots. Ooh. Francis, post to Pope for the Great Reset. Gates, Klaus, Schwab's World Economic Forum, a few rich elites to control our food chain. Gates buying up farms in India in June. Uh, Kansas, 100, hundreds of cattle mysteriously died. Farmers in Ireland being paid to cull cattle. Globalists using climate change as an excuse to roll in the reset. Interesting, interesting perspective there. Mm. So much we could say on that one. Mm. Uh, but we probably need to get into our Bible study. But You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I think a text like that just really highlights for me there is so much going on in yes. in our world and so much pressure and so much evil and, you know, you know, obviously, like half of those things I've kind of heard about, half of those things I haven't really heard about. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, but all we can do at this time is cling to Jesus yes, uh, because he's the one that will get us through. And then we read a verse like Romans 8 and That's right. verse 28. That's right. Because, I mean, when you when you look at what we are potentially facing, and, you know, mm. the, the, the issue here of the Great Reset has been raised again, and this was raised repeatedly with dates set to it. Mm. During COVID. Y2K. No, it will. <laughs> but and during COVID, yeah. We definitely. should never set dates mm-hmm. in relationship to future events. Mm-hmm. Hopefully people who are setting dates for the Great Reset during COVID have realised that don't ever set dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I love and my, even- my dad was waiting for the housing market to crash so he could buy cheap. Yes. Lol. <laughs> yeah, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think a lot of people were in that boat and yep. just got done terribly, and I feel just terribly, terribly for them. <laughs> the other thing is that the Bible doesn't speak of the Great Reset. We need to be careful about events that the Bible doesn't specifically spell out. Mm. The Bible talks about <clears throat> global economic collapse. Mm. There's no question about that. But a lot of people get very specific about the reset and they cover a lot of specific details that is not in the Bible. That's right. Which means that it may well happen, and it may not. Mm-hmm. We do need to filter everything through what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. What the Bible says we know to be true, we know it will happen. Just read James chapter 5 if you want to, and, and, and Revelation chapter 18 if you want to talk about you know, global economic collapse. Uh-huh. It's all there. 
But there are further specifics that, as Christians, we need to say, look, this is the potential of what could happen, rather than saying this is what will happen. That's, yeah, we, can say, we can say global economic crisis will happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Global economic collapse will happen. We That's can in say the Bible. That, that. The Bible says that. Mm-hmm. The specifics of it? We should have, and it will come from Russia. <laughs> we should have care. Yeah, <laughs> we should have care. All right, uh, where were we up? To? Romans eight twenty-eight. Oh, the we text still, messages. Text messages. We, we still not, haven't read this verse yet. Like. We're not setting dates. They are. We are only reporting what they say. Uh, Big difference. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I just don't believe the dates that they set. Yeah. I, I agree that they are the ones setting dates, but I just don't believe them mm-hmm. because Bible doesn't say so. Uh huh. Anyway. Where are we going? Let's go to... Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. <laughs> okay. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yeah, that's not so bad, That's not bad. It's I don't so know why famous. it's got the for them at the end. I'm like... i, I tell you why it's got the for them at the uh-huh. end. Because it's the NLT and it's like... We have to keep this the same because everybody knows it off by heart. We have to add words. because, But but we can't make it exactly the same, else they're going to think it's not the NLT and we just copied it from someone else. Yeah, they're going to accuse us, so we just got to add some words. Anyways, but yeah, incredibly famous verse. Yes. And all about, you know, going through hardships, trials, Good times, bad times, and every one Famines, of those things. Global economic collapse, great reset, all that kind of stuff. Every one of those things serving in some way God's purpose. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Okay, so you read a passage like this and you ask yourself the question, okay, uh, what kind of what kind of surety mm. do we have that this is actually true? And the Bible mm. says, you know, all things work together for good for those that serve God, that love him. Mm. But what kind of surety do we have for something like that? Mm. Particularly when you're in the middle of really bad stuff going down. And That's particularly right. when, you know, something really bad might happen. And 40 years later, you've still got no idea why it happened. Mm. You know, I can I can look back on my life to... Terrible things that happened in my life 40 years ago. Mm. I have no idea why it happened. Especially, like, we can be so experienced in life. You know, we can be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, and and within any range of time, we can go through very difficult trials. Yes. And come out the other side. Yes. But there's nothing stopping something worse from coming along. No. Now, you know, you can go through a very difficult trial, come out the other side, and then for the rest of the trials that come, you're like, oh, yeah, that's 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 all right. I can get through this. But then it's like something can come that's even worse, even more difficult. And we often end up in that space again of like, oh, can I even get through this? Mm-hmm. Do I even have the ability to, to do this? And it, and it's actually the more we experience these trials, the, the, actually the more hardened we become to them and the more we believe that we can get through them. And I think I've talked about this on the show before, but one of my favorite pieces of sports psychology research is basically, and we've talked about this, one of my favorite pieces of sports psychology research is looking at why every single endurance runner, all the champions are in their mid to late 30s when their bodies are declining. And it's like, wait, why is this? And it's literally just because they've learned how to suffer. Their bodies have 
are weakening, but their brain is strengthening. That's right. That's right. And versus a, you know, a 37 year old Elliot Kipchoge versus a 24 year old marathon runner. They're both marathon runners. They're both at their peaks. They're both fit. But even like Elliot Kipchoge isn't at his peak. He's 37 years old. It's impossible. It's physically impossible to be at your peak at 37 years old. Yet he has the world record for the fastest ever marathon at 37 years old because his mind is strong. And he's learned how to suffer. He's learned that's, that's how a, to that's suffer. That's a profound statement right there. He's learned how to suffer. You know, one of my friends uh, here in the office was in the U.S. Navy. Mm. It's interesting to talk to him about his experiences in the U.S. Navy and particularly in relationship to the SEAL teams. Oh, yeah, the teams. Because, yeah, the teams. They're super elite, like mm. super soldiers mm-hmm. and unbelievably hard. Anyone in the anyone in the U.S. Navy can, can apply apparently to yeah. join the SEALs. You can go and do BUDS, do Hell yep. Week and get in. Uh, you can but do that if you're a cook or if you're a mm-hmm. clerk or if you're in the Navy, you can apply. Mm-hmm. You can have a crack at it. But there's only a certain type of person who gets in. Mm. And the type of person who gets in is the person who has previously learned how to suffer. Mm. You know, he talks about a lot of the guys that, you know, are in the SEAL teams and these are guys that were abused since they were like small kids. Mm. And they've grown up in horrid environments Mm -hmm. and they they just know how to take a beating. Mm. and not give up mm-hmm. and keep going. Yeah. Because, you, sit, you know, you get somebody that comes from, you know, a stable family, has grown up in a cushy home and middle class, you know, whatever. They don't know how to suffer. Mm. They don't know how to take a beating. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see this coming through here when some of these things, and, 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 and this is really profound, what, coming out with profundities this morning. I just say things, bro. That's it. That's it. <laughs> also just, 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 just rolling them out this morning. Uh, that the you know all things work together for good, and we look back, you know, forty years on something that we say, okay, how did that work together for good? Maybe it's just that we learned how to suffer. Yeah, well, I think the thing is about this verse is that it's highlighting reality from God's perspective. That in God, like God understands yes. that all things work together for good. Yes, the only thing that limits us from having that perspective. Is perspective itself. That's right. Is our experience. Is we go through certain trials and tribulations and struggles and we're like, oh, well, that didn't work out for good. This has ruined my life. Da, 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 da. And we understand people go through terrible life ruining loss and, and hardship. Um, but the reality is, is from God's perspective, these, like, you always have the opportunity to turn to Him and for these things to come out for good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of links in with what we were looking at last week when you look at the story of Job. Mm. In the story of Job, you've got this illustration where you've got the big picture versus the little picture. Mm-hmm. And we see the small picture, God sees the big picture. And, and, and the book of Job is an illustration of where God's like, okay, on, on, on this instance, I'll show you just how big the picture is. And it's like... Universe wide. Like, it's way bigger than you could even yeah. possibly imagine. It spans the entire universe. Mm. That particular picture there, all Job sees is what is immediately in front of him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like you, what you'll see in, uh, you know, in, in a battle here on this earth. Mm. Because you'll have a general who sees a big picture, but you've got a foot soldier and all he sees is the one objective that he's been told to take. Yeah. And he has no idea why. Mm. 
But the general who sees the overall big picture does know why. And God is like our general who does see the overall big picture and why there is an objective for us Mm. to conquer. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, For the Bible passage that we are looking at. Mm. Okay, so we're looking for... We're looking for but before logical we get into it, reasons. Before we get into it, we're going to have another yeah. clue for oh, the quiz. Should we? Yeah, we should, love, because we want them to win these cookbooks. Nah, just skip it. But oh, wait, no, no, no. Actually, speaking of suffering, who was the wife of Hosea? And specifically, yeah. speaking it's of suffering, Hosea. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine was the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you will go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe Cookbook 3 and 4, these amazing, vegan, healthy, awesome, expensive, beautiful cookbooks that you'll be able to use and bless others with. You know, I'm, I'm like texting people from my church, hey, get in for this prize, bro, like, you know, because I just want them to make food. For our church. But again, 0491 is the number to call or text. And again, that question was, who was the wife of Hosea? Speaking of suffering, mm-hmm. which one do you reckon suffered the most? Oh, I think... Okay, so it's definitely a tough deal for Hosea. I think he's just... You know, he gets, he gets, it's, he gets dumped with three kids yeah. and his wife leaves him. Yeah, yeah, continually heartbroken. But like and, Goma... And not only that, but leaves him in circumstances that would really smash your... Mm. Self-worth. Yeah, but Goma is subjecting herself to prostitution, which is probably one of the highest levels of suffering that you can go through. Yes. It's terrible. It is. Moving on from there, let's go to our Bible study, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans chapter hey, 8. Hey, why, why the awkward face? Why you... <laughs> if anybody knows why I have an awkward face right oh. now, oh, yeah. <laughs> text us through and tell us why I have an awkward ne- face right mind. now, and we will put you in the running <laughs> for the prize. Hey, we'll give you that one for free, guys. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Wow. Oh, man. Uh, like, the moral is... of the story is... Never talk about the clue. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you talk yeah, about the yeah, clue, as soon right. as we say it, always, the, it we always comes ourselves. out. You know, I thought I, I was like, I said prostitution. I'm like, why is Lyle freaking out? We talk about this stuff all the time. I'm like, what did I? And then I was like, uh, uh, I, guess, <laughs> I, gave away, I gave away the answer. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 8 and let's look for some logical reasons mm. to believe that all things do work together for good. So we're going to Mm. keep reading from verse 28. Uh, Why don't you read through to verse 32? The Bible says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Okay, let's stop here and let's think about verse uh, 31 and 32 in particular for a moment. These are are bangers. These are so good. Okay, here you've got a verse, a, a passage which speaks about, you know, he that spared not his own son, but delivered mm. him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Mm. Okay, so the question that comes here is why, why does 
why, why does the Bible speak about God, you know, giving up his own son? Isn't it his son that suffered? Mm. Which is a question which, which would be asked by somebody who doesn't have children. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's got children, you would they automatically know that in this case, the father suffered much more than the son. Mm. In fact, the, the, the suffering of the father, I would say, was infinitely above the suffering of the son. Mm. I've got children, I've got grandchildren. My granddaughter came and spent the weekend, well, spent oh. Saturday afternoon and most of Sunday with us and she's one years old and she's absolutely amazing and the sweetest little girl you ever came across and I'm not in the least bit biased. I'm just stating a simple fact right there. <laughs> but I know for a fact that it is so much harder for a parent or even for a grandparent to stand by and watch their child or their grandchild suffer than to suffer themselves. Mm. And any parent, if they had the opportunity when their child is suffering to swap places with their child, would do it without even thinking. 100%. And so mm. the Bible talks about here uh, in verse 32, he that spared not his own son, the father, mm. who stood back and let his son suffer. Mm. But delivered him up for us all. How shall not he, the Father, with him, the Son, also freely give us all things? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you think about that right there, how motivated is God to have all things work out together for our good? Incredibly motivated. Yes. Like you don't get a higher level of motivation than that, do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the this is the level of motivation where a father gives his son so that he can have something, mm-hmm. and and from the perspective, and, like, and that something, of course, sorry for butting in, is us. Yeah, but yeah, from the perspective, like God, God isn't a coward. God isn't giving up his own son to avoid suffering himself. No, now, because he's going to suffer a whole lot more. It would be easy for him to do it himself. Yeah. Now there could be situations on this earth in which someone does that because. They're a coward. And because they're a weak, failing, miserable, criminal, uh-huh. psychopathic, broken human being. That's who right. Is, you know, but God isn't... Controlled by the devil kind of human God being. isn't unable to take this punishment. In fact, like it's, it's been like the son himself who has chosen and consented to this. You know, the yeah, lamb was right. slain from the foundation Absolutely. of the earth. Like, Absolutely. It, it, this was something worked out together. That's right. Uh, but, like, the reason why this is such a sacrifice is in so noble is because, like, the father is having to let go of the son based on, on the son's decisions. Like, the son has decided, I'm going to do this, and the father is the one that has to view and observe the suffering. And that's why it's that's why it's so heavy, and that's why it's so noble, and that's why it's so loving. And that's why we sit here as the beneficiaries of that sacrifice, and we can know that God is good. Because he truly gave up. He didn't yes. put his son in front of a train to save himself. That's right. And he you don't have Jesus coming up. down to this earth like, why on earth did you make me a human being? Why do I have to die? Why do yeah. I have to, you know, you don't have Jesus getting all upset with the father because I was forced to do this. Yeah. No, you don't. No, for the joy that was set before him, yes. he endured the cross despising the shame. That's right. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. Like, yes. Like he achieved it all for the joy that was set before him. Jesus wanted to do this. Okay, so what this then illustrates is an incredibly high level of motivation for God to be here for us and, as the Bible says here, to freely give us all things. 
Yeah, along okay. with his son. So have you ever uh, read a verse like this? Like, oh, God wants to freely give me all things. I want a mansion here on this <laughs> earth right now, today. Is that what the Bible is talking about? Yes. No. <laughs> Not at all. I would, no. <laughs> no, and the reason is because God wants to give you all things. Mm-hmm. And he knows that if he gave you a mansion here on this earth tomorrow, you would not be able to receive all things. Wow, such a good point. A mansion, fancy cars, lots of money would probably stand in the way of you being saved, which is much more than anything. You How can many people you. who have all of that kind of stuff are out there winning souls for Jesus Christ and surrendering their life to Jesus Christ? Not many. Like there are many people who are, do and are, and because of those blessings, like they're able to win many. Yes. They're able to be massively influential and it's amazing what they can do. Simultaneously, there are many where, yeah, the cars, the wealth, the money Our God's going to give it all to us. stands in the way. But in his timing and in mm-hmm. a way that will not destroy us mm-hmm. because he loves us, Amen. because he died for us. We can see that. We can see his level of motivation to love us and to do good things for us in the cross. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. This morning, we're about to get into some answers for our quiz questions. We've got one more text message we're to go to if we get time, but we're also going to have question of the day in just a moment. Yes, some answers for the quiz. Number one was three. There's three unclean spirits, and what kind of spirits were they? They were like frogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animal that spoke to Balaam was the donkey. It was false that the sword of Goliath was in the Ark of the Covenant. The rich will hardly enter the kingdom of heaven. And the one that I gave away, you're welcome, everyone, was Goma. Goma was the answer. That was Hosea's wife. Anyways, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. If you wanted to ask some more questions of the day, you know, send in your questions, get them done. But right now, it is actually time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle. Question is simply this. If new wine is grape juice, how come in Acts 2 the disciples were accused of being full of new wine and Peter said, we are not drunk? Okay, this is a really interesting question right here. In the Bible you have many, many references to wine, but none of those references actually specify whether it is fermented wine that we typically think of when we use the word wine or whether it is grape juice. In some places it is grape juice and in some places it is wine. So to give some examples from the Old Testament, in the Old Testament there are three words that are translated for wine. There is yayin, which means intoxicating fermented wine. Uh, Then there is shakar, which means... Uh, sorry, there, there is tirosh, which means grape juice, which is also called wine in the Bible, and that's fresh grape juice. And then you have shakar, which is intoxicating, intensely alcoholic, strong drink, um, and this is often referred to as strong drink in the Bible. Uh, tirosh is often referred to as new wine, but not always. And so the only way that you can determine reading the Bible in English as to which particular beverage is being referred to is by context. And the context is usually pretty easy to understand. You know, when the Bible talks about the, the new wine that is in the grape, you know, and it's being squeezed out, then clearly that's grape juice, etc. Then we come to the New Testament, and the New Testament just uses the word oinos. It's a Greek word. It means wine. And that's that's a word that in, in Greek, in that particular period of history, it was used to refer to both fermented and unfermented grape juice. And so once again, you can only determine 
which one of these particular beverages is being mentioned by the context. Mm. What's interesting is in Acts chapter 2, the disciples are accused of drinking new wine, which in the Old Testament is unfermented, and that new wine making them drunk. So that's a bit of a problem. How does new wine make you drunk when new wine in the Old Testament is tirosh, which is grape juice? The answer is that there is one single place in the New Testament where wine is not referred to as winos, and that is Acts 2. And the word here that is used is the word gliukos. Gliukos. Yeah, my, my Greek is not great. <laughs> There's the only place in the entire Bible where this particular word is used, and uh, gliukos is a very sweet fermented wine that is highly inebriating, and for some reason it's been translated as new wine in Acts chapter 2, but that should never be confused with oinos, translation of new wine. The context here, of course, is very, very clear that the Bible is speaking about an alcoholic beverage that they are accused of being of having drunk and the disciples say no we have not been drinking uh, this particular alcoholic beverage uh, we do not have anything to do with it at all this is the Holy Spirit and the languages that we are speaking supernaturally people that speak those languages can hear and understand us and it lists 14 different languages that they were speaking on that particular day to share the word of God with the listeners that were in Jerusalem at that particular time and so the Bible is very clear here in relationship to uh, both what kind of beverage they were accused of having imbibed and also what the gift of tongues was. The gift of tongues was the ability to be able to communicate in a different language to people who spoke that language the gospel message. Mm. So the Bible is very clear on these things. Uh, we do have a, another text message here that we don't have time for. We're going to bring it up right at the very end, so stay tuned. Uh, Paula, we love your messages, so don't go away. So I've got one last quick quick, quick uh, text. No, it's, not, it's actually quite a long text to mm-hmm. cover right here. And then we'll get into our giveaway. The Great Reset is their mantra. Globalization is real regardless of dates. Have a look at how much damage oh, they have sure. done already in such a short time. Yet it reinforces my faith in the Bible. This is happening. So what I'm saying is when people become sheep, they are devoured by wolves. Speaking, about, speaking up about what is happening, to my mind, is reinforcing the warnings of Revelation. When we shine our light on the darkness of this world, we then can wake up and shine a light on truth. Otherwise, we all bow down to the power of the beast. The system standing up against evil is a powerful way of mobilizing people to stand with Jesus in faith and truth. Very good text message there, Paul. I couldn't agree more. I guess the I, I may have come on a little bit strong in the previous mm. one. I think we may have been a little bit injudicious in some of the reporting in which we said this will happen in this mm. way, whereas we should have said they have said they will do this mm. in this way on this date. Mm. And that could be a fulfilment of mm. James chapter 5, Revelation chapter 18, mm. which I think would be a more accurate way of presenting it. But, you know, I don't want to come across as disagreeing with the concept right here. Remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ today.
For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.